Welcome to a special Rewind episode of the Raise Your Game Show, where we dive back into some of the most impactful episodes from previous seasons. If you're a new listener, I highly recommend you make time to start from the beginning until you get all caught up. If you're a longtime loyal listener, I hope you enjoy hearing these highlighted episodes once again. Either way, I appreciate you listening, and I hope hitting Rewind helps you raise your game. Here is one of my favorite episodes played in its entirety. Would I rather be feared or loved? Um, easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Welcome to the Raise Your Game Show, a podcast that unpacks and dissects the strategies and principles of high performance in sports and business. Here's your host, Alan Stein Jr. You may know him as the most aggressive shark on ABC's Shark Tank or as the outspoken owner of the Dallas Mavericks, but did you know Mark Cuban made his way into the Guinness Book of World Records in 1999 by making what was then the largest single e-commerce transaction ever? He bought a Gulfstream 5 private jet for $40 million. Did you also know that the NBA has fined Mark more than $2 million over his tenure for a variety of different infractions? His largest fine, $500,000, was the result of a remark he made about an NBA referee. He said, Ed Rush might have been a great ref, but I wouldn't hire him to manage a Dairy Queen. After making this public comment, Cuban accepted the invitation of a local DQ to work behind the counter for a day. Here are several isolated responses from an in-person conversation we had with Mark Cuban in his bunker office at American Airlines Arena in Dallas back when I was the co-host of the Hardwood Hustle. We discussed why the intangibles you develop on the court have high utility in every area of your life, how he is always the most prepared person in any room, and the benefits of getting paid to learn. And basketball is a great platform to learn from. It's a great platform mm-hmm. from health. You know, it, it's really, you know, thinking on your feet, always, you know, be adaptive. There's so many elements of, of skills in basketball beyond athletics that prepare you for life. The first thing I had to change was the culture. I was like, look, number one rule in the business side is you can't mention our win-loss record. We've always sucked, but I had to tell them we're not in the business of basketball anymore. We're in the business of creating special memories. And what does that mean, you know, whether it's a high school game or particularly a professional sports game, you know, you remember who you went with, you remember what was going on, you don't remember the score, you don't remember the jump shots, you know, unless it's Dirk hitting a game winner or Vince's corner three or whatever, people don't remember, you know, but they remember who they're with. Oh, yeah, I was with my boys, we got drunk and we hung out, or I met my wife, or I went on a date, or my dad took me, or my mom took me, or I took my kids. You know, those are the things we remember, and that's what I had to tell people, and, you know, it's like... We had $8 tickets, and we, now we have $10 tickets um, 14 years later. And it was like, look, that's McDonald's. That's a movie. Yeah. Right? If we can't get them to come and spend as much as they would for a ticket for a movie, we're doing something wrong. And so I put my desk right in the middle of the sales floor. I didn't uh, have, like, an office or anything. It was just right there, right in the fishbowl, and I made the, phone the calls. The shark before the sharks. The sharks before the sharks, right? And um, that was Reunion Arena. And I got on the phone and made phone calls like everybody else. And I said, look, for the price of a movie, you get a unique um, experience, unique entertainment. Come on out and check it out. Excuse me. And it started there. And then I went to the guys. And, I, you know, I remember Nelly telling me, you know, should we, you know, we were 9-23 and 23 when I took over. Yeah. And I was like, should we tank it? He was like, should we tank it and get a draft pick? I'm like, you got to learn to win at some point, right? Yeah. And so we ended up like um, – 
was it 31 and 19 for the rest of the season? Yeah, you turned around quick. Turned around right away. And I remember yelling at the guys. We had went on a six-game road trip, uh, losing streak. I'm like, this, right? If you don't want to play hard, get the hell out of here. You know, I'm here. Don't be, don't be astonished if you're traded. I mean, I brought in Dennis Rodman. We actually took a vote to see if we should bring in Rodman because we needed to rebound it and we couldn't rebound to, to <laughs> save our life. He lasted all of two weeks. He was my roommate. Um, I gave that bed to Neil, my brother-in-law, and now he uses it. <laughs> um, but, you know, he was – you just had to tell people and get the point across that we're here to win. You know, my job is to put you in a position to succeed, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Say what? You just had to tell people and get the point across that we're here to win. You know, my job is to put you in a position to succeed, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And, you know, the message was loud and clear. And then the next year – um, we made the playoffs, won 50 games, and, you know, uh, until last year, that was a streak that didn't end. You know, here's what I never understood when I got him. I was like, running all these businesses that I've had, these are the things that I would do. Then I got to the Mavs, and I'm like, okay, we're going to do the same things that worked. Right. And people are like, no, you don't do that, <laughs> right? Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, it'd be inconceivable not to sit in on a sales meeting, right? Or yeah. the people who are your most, a, a technology meeting or a programmer's meeting, you know, to be right there as much as you can to learn what's going on. And so I would be right by the players and people like, get the hell away. You know, right. you're not supposed to be there. I'm like, no, I want to know what it's all about. You know, you see so often, you know, owners and general managers don't know, you know, how the communication is between their players and their coaches. And are there any issues and how to deal with it? Because you're, you're, you're away from it. Right. Um, and I wanted to be in the middle of it. And, and that's what I did. And it gave me a chance to to learn. I, I, when I first came in and one of the first things I did was play Dirk one on one. And I got up two zero, and he's like, uh, and he dunks on me like I quit. I win. <laughs> Just personally. Yeah. Yeah. Waking up every morning with a smile on my face, knowing I'm going to make this a great day. I love to compete. I, I literally love compete. You know, when I was younger, I like to prove to everybody that, you know, it didn't matter how old I was, that I was 22, 23, starting a business, I'd kick your ass no matter what. Now that I'm older, it's the exact opposite, right? I don't care if you're 18, 12, or 50, right? I'm going to kick your ass, you know, and you can work hard, and I'm just going to outwork you and outgrind you and do whatever it takes. In so, the sport of business. That's, in the sport that's of business, yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's so, what so, I named my book. You know, I have yeah. a little ebook that's three bucks. Oh, we've, we've all read it multiple oh, times. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's, it's how to win at the sport of business. I work out at home, and, and, you know, the only down when I travel yeah and I used to go to every away game and now I don't yeah you know now that my kids are they'll be five eight and eleven this summer um now that they're real people instead of little blobs yeah you know it's a lot more fun I grind right I've got good people working for me but I, I spent a lot of time grinding it out to, to figure it out um you know that's that's the thing about technology um and even basketball um it changes so much that if you put in the time, you can keep up with anybody. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, we've, we've seen the NBA in particular change where, you know, there are certain office, offenses that were run motion, whatever, and then um, you now you're seeing more um, analytics come in, and then yep. it's drive and kick, corner threes, you know, high pick and roll, you know, drive, try to kick to the corner three. Then you saw what we did to the Spurs, and now you're starting to see a change. And you saw what Indiana did with Miami where, you know, we're teaching everybody just to jump straight up and down instead of taking charges, and, and you know, we're doing switch one to four, and we'll, you know, design teams in that direction. Um it's just so many little nuanced things that change. But if you pay attention, you look at the numbers, that's just time. Yeah. And most people don't take that time, in which allows me to keep up. You know, I don't sleep as much. I mean, if I'm lucky, you know, I get to bed at four and I'm up by seven if I'm lucky. <laughs> um, you know, when we get so caught up in school, whether you're going or, 
teaching at school that here's here's the subjects and once you learn the subject matter you're set yeah right i learned my math i learned my history whatever it is maybe i don't think i'll use it but but when when you get into the real world things change now it's not like it was 30 40 50 years ago right for our parents where it was pretty stab- stable you know you worked for a company for 30 years now everybody's a free agent all the time and you've got to always when you when you go through school you go to college you go to high school you know, you're in essence paying to learn, right? And once you leave school, you're getting paid to learn, hopefully. And you've always got to be in a mode where you're absorbing new things and being excited about it. Because if you think that it's a hassle to have to keep on learning and keep on reading, I'm kicking your ass. Yeah. Right? You're not at first you're not gonna get a job working for me. Right. Right. Second, you're you're gonna have a tough time getting a job working for anybody. Say what? You go to college, you go to high school, you know, you're in essence paying to learn, right? And once you leave school, you're getting paid to learn, hopefully. And you've always got to be in a mode where you're absorbing new things and being excited about it. Because if you think that it's a hassle to have to keep on learning and keep on reading, I'm kicking your ass. Yeah. Right? You're not, at first, you're not going to get a job working for me. Right. Right? Second, you're, you're going to have a tough time getting a job working for anybody. And third, you're going to be unemployed because the next thing you know, everything has changed. And so if I'm a coach, you know, it... I'm not taking sports management. I'm not taking PE. I'm taking math. I'm taking stats. I'm taking um, physiology. I'm taking medical classes. I'm you know not necessarily going back to school, but I'm taking these classes online where I can learn them because I'm telling you biomechanics and personalized medicine and stats and math are going to have a lot more impact on your ability to be a great coach. I spend more time and energy trying to invest and find new ways for us to deal with guys health and biomechanics yeah you know um like i invested in this thing that you put a patch on takes your sweat analyzes the oxygen and electrolyte contents and then we know what to give you so Mm. if i can give you a little bit more energy the last so you can play you know 37 minutes instead of 36 at a higher level excuse me i put i put our guys in a position to succeed and it's individualized for each player which is really special yeah and so if i'm at a high school you know, if I'm, you know, it's funny, you watch like your strength and conditioning, right? Yep. Um, you see everybody just do the same, you know, high knees, side to side and everything. And that's fine for a warm up, but then you've got to start personalizing what you're doing for each guy. Yeah. You know, we changed our strength and conditioning coaches to someone who's a performance technician. Yes. Right. There's strength and conditioning coach. It's not going to be there in five years. Correct. You know, you've got to be able to say, you know what? I, I've, I've done an analysis of you. I know your biomechanics. And I've tailored your strength and your conditioning to that. Uh, you know, we've done like with the Mavs, we'll do blood tests three, four times a year because if somebody gets sick, we don't want the doctor to compare their blood test results to regular people. to everybody. Yeah. Right. We want them to have a, I do it with myself because they're right? not regular people. No, no. They're high performance athletes and they're all different. And so understanding the nuances of that, that goes into learning how to learn. Yeah. Because if you're not even anticipating or thinking about that, you're falling behind. And then if you are doing it and you're ahead of the curve, then you can give your team an advantage and put your guys in a position to succeed. You know, is your guy a muscle memory guy where it takes repetition? Right. Is your guy someone who's cerebral where he's got to think things through? You know, we have a team psychologist. Yeah. And it's not so much, you know, we're afraid the guy's just going to freak out or whatever. It's, you know, what does it take to be great? What are the steps you have to take? Who, you know, what are the nuances 
you know, for you personally? What's a better way to communicate? You know, how should you, what does it take to be a professional in the NBA? These are the things that these kids don't have to deal with coming in that we want to teach them about. And you, you can't are the ignore easiest part, right? Yes. They're, they're actually the easiest part. Yeah. You know, I'll take a smart kid that comes off the street. He'll learn basketball. Yeah. You know, he'll, he'll be able to run, you know, we call flow, which is just play basketball, right? Read what's going on around him if they're smart, right? Um, but they're, if, they're, if they're mature in how they deal with things, they'll figure that out, yeah. you know? And if they learn how to practice, you know, most kids don't know how to practice. If, nope. they learn, you know, if they learn all the nuances, you can make a kid good if they've got the talent and the willingness. It depends on where and what, mm. right? Like if you look at the Mavs, we got a little bit of both, but a lot more experience. Because if you're going to have to outthink other teams, you want experience. If you're, you know, we don't play as well against super athletic teams, you know, because in the regular season you don't have time to prepare. Yeah. In the playoffs, you want experience. In the regular season, running and jumping, you might get a, a win because our guys are a little bit more tired. You know, we're not getting that extra rebound, or you know, you know, there's some teams where their best shot's a missed shot because they're so quick and not long and athletic they can go get the ball. You know, and we, we're not very good against those teams. I'm talking preparation, about preparation, preparation, right? Yeah. When you go to shoot a free throw, it's all about preparation and doing it the exact same way every time. When you come on Shark Tank, if you've practiced your pitch and you know your stuff, it's easy. If you're winging it and you shoot, you know, you shoot the ball differently every time. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. That's why I, I was never a great shooter. I could stand up playing horse, great, because I forced myself to shoot the same way. You catch me off the dribble or make me run and shoot. My elbow's in, my elbow's out. <laughs> yeah. my, my release point's different, right? And it's the same in business. Your release point's always got to be the same, and you've got to have such confidence that when you catch the ball, you know how you're going to catch it. You know how you're, you're – you don't have to tell your knees to bend this time. You don't have to tell yourself, you know, to spread your fingers and all the little things that guys who aren't natural shooters – you know, where natural business people don't know to do. So it's very analogous. Well, it's both because when you vest in the, you know, it's a horse of the, jo- uh, the, the horse of the jockey, right? Yeah. And if the person has a unique skill set, then I'll invest in the person. So, like, there's a company, Tower Paddleboards. Yeah. And he was just getting Cool logo, actually. Yeah, great logo, cool right? Cool logo. The guy had the worst pitch ever. He melted down, you know, you know, he's the guy with his knees shaking, shooting the first free throw at the start of the game, right? Yeah. And he was he was shaking, but he had a certain skill set that I knew applied. And so even though he wasn't as prepared in terms of the presentation, I knew he had a set of skills that would make this business very successful. Now he's killing it. I mean, he, he did 40000 before he came on Shark Tank two years ago. He could do $5 million this year, and, he's, and, and the margins are great, and we're going global, and he's just rocking it, right? So if you have a very unique skill set, all right, I, I'll, I'll overlook your shortcomings knowing that I can help develop that into something special. Gotcha. If you don't have that, then it's got to be, the, you know, it's got to be the resume and everything you've got, everything else going on. Now let's take a deeper dive with two of Mark's most powerful sound bites. You just had to tell people and get the point across that we're here to win. You know, my job is to put you in a position to succeed and I'm going to do whatever it takes. I love how Mark acknowledges that a leader's number one goal is to help their people be successful. That, in essence, is the coaching mantra of it's not about me. It's about you. I mean, who wouldn't want to play for or work for someone that you know will do everything in their power to help you grow, develop, and win? You go to college, you go to high school, you know, you're in essence paying to learn, right? And once you leave school, you're getting paid to learn, hopefully. And you've always got to be in a mode where you're absorbing new things and being excited about it. Because if you think that it's a hassle to have to keep on learning and keep on reading, I'm kicking your ass. Yeah. Right? You're not at first you're not gonna get a job working for me. Right. Right. Second, you're you're gonna have a tough time getting a job working for anybody. 
This concept of getting paid to learn is one of the most impactful statements I've ever heard, as it cuts to the core of the fact that educating yourself is never done, and why you need to program yourself to enjoy learning, growing, and developing. More so, Mark explains why someone that is always learning will eventually beat someone that isn't. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. But don't leave just yet. Please enjoy this story from the Raise Your Game audiobook. You can download yours today at audible.com, in iTunes, or anywhere audiobooks are sold. Starting out, Mark Cuban didn't have anything handed to him. He began selling everything from garbage bags to powdered milk to franchises for a TV repair shop. Cuban then made his way to a job at a software store, opening up in the morning and sweeping the floors at night. Even at that early age, Cuban had the perspective not to see any work as a drag, but rather as an opportunity. He didn't waste it. On his own time, he read all the computer manuals lying around until he knew how every machine worked. In every job, I would justify it in my mind, he wrote in his book, How to Win at the Sport of Business, whether I loved it or hated it, that I was getting paid to learn and every experience would be of value when I figured out what I wanted to do. As a young man, Cuban had the passion to succeed. It allowed him to translate the grind, or the boredom, or whatever you want to call it, into opportunities. Not everyone sees those so-called dead-end jobs as openings, but Cuban did. I don't believe there's such a thing as a dead-end job. Create the opening yourself by making sure it leads somewhere. Cuban did, and he ended up a billionaire and an icon. My goodness, that was brilliant, wasn't it? (laughs) If you'd like info on my event keynotes, interactive workshops, and full-day trainings, the programs I've done for companies like Starbucks, American Express, and Pepsi, please visit allensteinjr.com. I'd be honored to add value at your next conference, retreat, or staff offsite. And make sure you hit me up at Allenstein Jr. on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn to keep this conversation going. All right, that's all I have. I hope this has helped you raise your game. Shame, raise your game.